another exciting episode of catch-ups in my kitchen with me georgia simmons the host of the podcast this week we are joined by georgie eats who is a vegan content creator who focuses on cooking seasonally and she produces delicious plant-rich dishes in this episode i chat to georgie about where her love for food comes from where her passion and drive stems why she turned vegan and how food became her career We talk all things social, growing your social media, and Georgie also shares something that she hasn't really spoken out about before on social media, so I was super grateful for her to share that with us today. I think it's really easy to look at these content creators and think, but how did you get to that point? And this episode is all about that. So for all you foodies, this episode is for you. I really hope you enjoy the episode, and as always, have a lovely rest of your day. Georgie, thank you so much for joining me today. Firstly, how are you? I am good. Yeah, I am feeling good today. The sun's been shining and I'm here with you. Yeah, no, I think it's a good day. I mean, we're both wearing t-shirts. The sun is out. Thank goodness. And I had to take my coat off on the way here. I know. It's amazing. Progress. We're making progress towards summer. So to start off with, do you mind giving me a quick elevator pitch to introduce yourself to who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So I am Georgie, but I'm known as Georgie Eats on Instagram and all of the socials. And I am a vegan content creator, chef and recipe developer. Amazing. I focus on seasonal recipes and eating with the seasons and a big focus on fruit and veg rather than on like meat replacements and all of that sort of thing. Definitely. I love that. I definitely cook with all of those things in mind as well. So yeah. I can't wait to chat about all things food. <laughs> so to kick things off, we have a quick fire round about food. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah go for it. Sweet or savory? Savory. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Burger. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Cook in or eat out? Cook in. And what's your favourite delivery? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm not a Londoner, so when I come here, it is like heaven to me. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say Indian. Okay, good yeah. one. Good one. It's a bit of a treat. I mean, I have a lot of guests on here and they say, oh, I don't get Deliveroo. And when I think about it, I don't either really, unless that's my Saturday night plan, is like yeah. to sit in and like order and like watch a movie. Yeah. I mean, where I live, you can get very limited Deliveroo and it's mostly chain restaurants. So mm-hmm. when I come to London and I have a night free, Deliveroo is what I get. Yeah. It's such a treat. It is a treat. Yeah. It is a treat. So I want to kind of start right at the beginning with your upbringing, because I always believe that kind of how we ate growing up really has an impact to how we eat when we're older. Mm -hmm. So with your whole career being based around food, what was your upbringing like? And was food a massive part of that? So I think that I maybe have a slightly different upbringing to a lot of other people that are in food now, because food was not a big part of my upbringing at all. Both my parents can't cook. Um, my dad particularly we always joke because we say his speciality was beans on toast Um, (laughs) and my mum was never massively into cooking it was more like she had to cook for us things like macaroni cheese stews 
um sausage and chips things like that mm-hmm. um but then I became a vegetarian quite early on maybe about six or seven years old and I think that my mum thought I was just going to do it for a week so she agreed to it quite happily actually and then four years down the line she I was still vegetarian and she was not best pleased but I think in those days it was quite difficult especially for my mum who wasn't a good cook anyway there wasn't a massive selection of uh meat replacements or things that I was getting my the amount my like masses of protein from Mm. a lot of my meals were just uh, pasta with cheese or things like that so I actually had to give up being a vegetarian because I was forced to uh to eat meat again because my mum just found it too difficult and I wasn't getting the proper nutrition that I needed and things like that because we weren't doing it right right um and then when I was old enough to cook myself I became a vegetarian again and I did a lot more reading up on things and I started to include lentils and uh, other sources of protein rather than just corn um and like baked beans sort yeah. of thing definitely uh but I got into cooking really because my parents couldn't cook and somehow and I really don't know where it came from I became a foodie at quite a young age I think that maybe it was because my parents divorced quite young and because my dad like I said can't cook at all we went out to eat a lot I mean like every time I was with him so twice a week and I think that's where I became in love with food and eating and trying new things. I was never fussy, so I would try everything. And maybe that is where I got my love of cooking from. But I mean, when I, I think when I got into high school, maybe 14, 15, I would cook dinner at home for my mum and myself. And that's where I started to really experiment with cookbooks. I was obsessed with cookbooks. I had a big line and I would like turn to a certain page and I would think, okay, that is what I'm going to cook. Just a random page. That's what I'm going to cook on Monday. And another one, that's what I'm going to cook on Tuesday. Um, And then I would write a shopping list and we would get the shopping and then I would do that. Um, So yeah, that's where I got my love of cooking and that was what my childhood was like. But in terms of like round the table I think I have a good relationship with food because of my parents and what they did I was never forced to eat anything um I was never forced to finish my plate and food was very relaxed in my health so there was not much talk about it I could eat when I wanted I could not eat what I didn't want to eat mm-hmm. I was never forced to eat my vegetables that sort of thing and I think that did me well yeah Definitely. It is really interesting because those small things make a massive difference. Mm. Like being forced to eat something that you don't want. Or if like your parents are fussy. Mm-hmm. I had um, Luna Wild on the podcast and yeah. they do a lot about with baby food mm-hmm. and like weaning and children. And they always say that if your parents are fussy or don't like, for example, broccoli, then you're not going to like broccoli because you see that relationship with the broccoli with your mum, for example, then you're not going to have it. So I think those early days make a massive, massive difference. And funnily enough, my journey with food is very, very similar to yours. Mm. And my mum's not a huge cook. She cooks for us, as you mentioned. Um, 
but that's not her love her love is mm-hmm. not being in the kitchen she would do without it if she could yeah and likewise my dad is absolutely terrible his best meal is probably porridge or oh, a coffee I like think, oh a coffee maybe he, like <laughs> he was a good barista coffee but like honestly I think he's even tried to like blow up the microwave by trying to make baby beans like it's a oh, disaster no. and that okay part. so I'm the same when I go home I do the cooking yeah and I think that freedom gives you the freedom to explore mm-hmm. and try new things and if you've got really open an open audience who like everything and are really open to you mm-hmm. to try new things it gives you the confidence I guess to do it definitely um so I think that's really great so yeah and then you went from but you went from vegetarian to vegan yes so when I was Uh, in high school and probably the first years of sixth form I went from being vegetarian to being a vegan now this was like right at the beginning I know veganism has been around forever but I feel like in the last 10 years it has really come into the light and I hadn't even really thought about it It hadn't even been on my radar until there was another girl at school who was becoming a vegan and she was loving it and like her lunches looked amazing and she was feeling really great and I thought oh well maybe 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 I'll do do this yeah and so I did and then I loved it for a bit but at the same time I was finding it difficult because I was studying long hours and all of that but I was still doing it and but it wasn't particularly enjoyable to me at that point but that's because I wasn't as good of a cook as I am now and there wasn't the resources out there the recipes the ingredients in the supermarket you know this was right at the beginning Mm. um so a lot of it was you know lentil stews and bean um curries or you know vegetable curries things like that yeah um so I went back to being a vegetarian after probably a year or so and then when I started my Instagram I made the slow transition from being a vegetarian to a vegan again I think that was a mistake that I made the first time was I went straight from veggie to vegan overnight overnight and I think for me that didn't work I know for a lot of people being cold turkey is the way that they do things but it wasn't for me I needed a slow transition and I needed to adjust gradually Mm, yeah I think gradual is more sustainable in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways yeah so what was your initial reasons for going vegetarian and then what was your reasons for going vegan although your school was doing it Mm -hmm. was it the sustainability was it the health benefits what were your triggers well when I went vegetarian when I was super young for a six or seven it was because I had just learned about that my pig was making my sausage which I think at that point I hadn't put two and two together and it was just that moment I had and that was the reason that I became a vegetarian then but when I became a vegetarian when I was older when I um was 15 16 maybe I it was because I'd always wanted to go back to being vegetarian because of lots of different reasons obviously I never liked the idea that I was eating animals but at that point it was more to do with uh, it being a sustainable diet for the environment and um 
because I was able to do it for me. Okay. I'm a big believer that we should all do our best. And for me, I was able to take those things out of my diet. So I did. Yeah, yeah. no, I get you. So on sustainability, mm-hmm. why should people care? Because we both have this inner love for food, mm-hmm. inner love for doing our bit, mm-hmm. but some people don't. So yeah. how do you, with your page and with what you do, how do you get people to care? So I think sustainability and seasonality link and that's where I like to focus so eating seasonally is the most sustainable way to eat and obviously I have a vegan diet but even if you didn't eating seasonal vegetables will help to create a more sustainable diet for you so I eat with the seasons and I only post recipes that are seasonal Mm. for example what did I post? Uh, well, asparagus season. It's asparagus season at the moment. We really don't want to be eating asparagus at other times of the year. It's just really difficult to grow. It has to be flown from far and it is not sustainable at all. But at certain times of the year, it's amazing. Mm. Um, so I like to promote that. And as I only post videos that are using ingredients in that season... Hopefully that encourages my followers to use that recipe in that month mm. or in that season and mm. eat that way. So true. Actually, that was one of my questions because yeah. personally, I think seasoning is so great and mm-hmm. also it tastes a lot better. Mm-hmm. So how, but obviously we go into the supermarkets, there is a broad range of options. Mm-hmm. We can get everything. Yeah. I was in Sainsbury's today, you can go down the Asian aisle, you can go down the Indian aisle, you can go down anything and Mm -hmm. you can get your hands on everything now which is a huge luxury so when you go into the supermarket you're going down the fruit and veg aisle you can pick up asparagus to radishes to tomatoes all year round Uh so how do people know what's in season so I think the best thing if you get a list if you go on to eattheseasons.com uh, or it might be .co.uk, just type in Eat the Seasons. They have a monthly list. It mm. go, You know, you can get January, February. Print them out or just take a screenshot on your phone and it will have exactly what is in season that month. And it is the best list I've found. It's amazing. And you can go down, um, you can go down the supermarket aisles and you'll know what is, what isn't in season. But if you want something even more simple, if you have a look at what is on offer or what is cheap right now, you'll notice strawberries in season, there'd be two for three pounds for a punnet or something like that. In December, there'd be three pound fifty for one punnet, which it makes sense, right? It takes a lot more money to grow things that aren't in season because you need the heating and all you know all of that so true so if you just have a look what is really cheap right now probably gonna be in season so so true and it does taste amazing like I've got strawberries in my fridge right Mm -hmm. now and they taste amazing I mean yeah they're not even worth eating in December no it's just like red water I know it tastes so yeah yeah not the same 
It is officially starting to feel like summer and I couldn't be happier. And in summer, you want to feel your best. And to feel that way, a key component is nutrition and eating well. But when your time short, lack inspiration, sometimes you just need that guidance. And so I have just the thing. I have been using fresh fitness food recently and I am so shocked by the level of convenience and also the quality of the service. Every meal is tailored to your individual needs and goals, whether that's to gain muscle or to lose weight. The Fresh Fitness Food in-house nutritionist has you covered. For example, today I'm using Fresh Fitness Food and I'm really excited to have a Asian-inspired tofu salad for my lunch today. So if you are wanting to feel ready for summer, feel confident, feel the best version of you, use the code CATCHUP60 for £60 off your first five-day trial. That is catch-ups 60 for £60 off your first five-day trial. Give it a try and let me know what you think. So food obviously was a passion for you growing mm-hmm. up. You kind of cooked for your family. You were really interested. You educated yeah. yourself. But how did it become your full-time job? So when I finished sixth form and I took a few years out to figure out what I wanted to do and, you know went traveling and all of that I started an Instagram because I decided that I was going to go and study nutritional science that's where I wanted to be and what my passion was like that was the part of food that I thought my passion lied which it ended up not to um but it was still helpful because I started my Instagram and I was literally just posting pictures of my meals of what I've cooked what I was experiencing experimenting with and then I started to gain followers and this is way back in probably what is it 2023 so maybe 2017 okay so this was before this Instagram was obviously big but creators were still really in their infancy it wasn't really a thing and I kept posting, kept posting, and then I got contacted by a company. They were a wholesale foods company, and they asked me if I would do some recipe development for them because at this point I was posting some of my own recipes. And I thought, yeah, I was like, fake it till you make it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I did have experience in chefing because I'd been working in kitchens throughout this whole time so it wasn't like I was just like going into it not knowing anything so I did the recipes I like had to organize payment what they were going to pay me which was scary I had no idea what to do but I did it and that's where I realized that being a recipe developer was a career and so I started to market myself as one and from there I would get more jobs and then I would reach out to companies put my name out there and started to get more jobs and more jobs and within about uh, a year I was a full-time recipe developer Wow, I mean, I think yeah. I love the fake it tea make it. I yeah. really, I'm a massive advocate for I that. Know. I think it's great. I mean, I have um, a page which I don't post on at the moment called Healthy Habits, and mm-hmm. that came about probably at the same time. Yeah, and I really grew my following. But then when I launched Greedy Vegan, I then had three accounts. I had my personal. Mm-hmm. I had that. I just thought Healthy Habits is going to have to wait for a moment. It's a lot. Isn't it's it? a lot. But I still have it there, and I will probably pick it back up. Although. 
You did all yours under one page, didn't you? Yeah. So I think that's great because people like to see the personality behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So this leads me on to my question of how you grew your Instagram page. Because I think nowadays, you know, you mentioned it was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot has changed between then and now. Oh, a lot. And I think people always look at people's pages and they always think, but how have they grown it? And I think firstly, it is time. Mm-hmm. But how else have you found growing your Instagram page? Have you found it hard at times? And... Have you put your personality out there? What Mm -hmm. have you done to grow your page? My page has changed a lot since. It actually might have been 2016. I mean, I should scroll scroll back and see. But it has changed a huge amount. I mean, first of all, it's gone from vegetarian to vegan um, over the few years in the middle. And also now I used to just do pictures and now it's reels. And I think... If I had to give tips for people for growing their page, it would be consistency and not going with the trends, sticking to what you really believe in and what you really want to do, because there will be an audience for it. And also being a bit of a personality. I mean, I never used to put myself on my page at the beginning, but I have noticed the people that I like following, I like to see them and I like to be nosy about their life. Everyone likes to be nosy about other people's lives. 100%. And I think that has helped people to connect to me and they become better followers. They're more invested, mm-hmm. which is what you want. You want you want to be connected to people. You don't want just like a load of uh, bots following you sort of thing. So... That would be my three main tips. Was that three? Yeah, yeah, three. I but also that. my page started to grow when Reels came in. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Did you find that was more your thing? Were you enjoying the video content? Because I know some people, yeah. they were very picture-based and now mm-hmm. since Reels, they struggle. So yeah. I guess Reels is maybe... I, I got on the Reels train quite early and I did despise it at first I think everyone did I don't think anyone was excited about it but then now I would I would really hate for it to go back to pictures I think there's so much more personality and so much more you can do with a reel Mm. you know even because you get to voice over it and you they can be a bit more creative they can be a bit more comedic I I think that I think it's a good thing that they've gone to videos also you get to explain the whole recipe and there's techniques within a recipe sometimes that are really important that are really difficult to explain through writing so I'm happy with the change yeah Yeah. definitely and it brings food to life a bit yeah food isn't static Mm -hmm. food is vibrant food has a life to it yeah so I think it brings Mm -hmm. brings that too I agree um so have you always had a positive relationship with food as you kind of studied it in a nutritional sense mm-hmm. and then you're developing. Yeah. I think food is really easy to become obsessive with because you're yeah. thinking about it, you're reading it, you're consuming, you're reading, you're mm-hmm. cooking, you're, it's your whole life revolves around it. Yeah. So have you always had a positive relationship with it? Firstly, I'll say that the relationship I have with food now is amazing and it is exactly where I'd like it to be. I don't really think about it. I don't, I obviously love food right and it's my job but in terms of I don't think about oh when what am I going to be having for breakfast like 
is it going to be healthy is it not or am I going out for dinner you know that sort of thing the sort of obsessive relationship with food that I did used to have when I went when I was first in sixth form I was doing a lot of dancing that was like my thing from when I was younger right through to sixth form right through to when I was 18 and now I haven't danced since but I think you'll find a lot of people that dance and do ballet do tend to have difficult relationships with food I did lose a lot of weight and I was very controlling with what I was eating I was never diagnosed with any eating disorder but I was obsessed with it being clean Mm. which I think happened to a lot of people my age but slowly I came out of that and now I have an amazing relationship with food I really obviously I care about what I put into my body and I make sure I get enough vegetables things like that but in terms of nutritional value and calories and macros and all of that I really don't care and that's to me has been amazing 100% and I do think that everyone has had a challenging Mm -hmm. relationship with food at some point in their life Mm -hmm. and that's why I like to ask the question because I think the more you look the more you see as with everything Mm -hmm. like when you become more independent you start doing things yourself you social media doesn't help you compare things you read things I think everyone's had their blip Mm -hmm. um and obviously food is fuel but it's so much more than that so I think it's a challenge when you do go through that Mm -hmm. but it's great that you're able to bring yourself out of it yeah so would you say that you communicate love to friends and family through food oh definitely food is my love language 100% and I love cooking for people it's funny because cooking is my job I love it but also it is a job so if I'm at home on my own in the evening it's not really what I want to do I'll probably eat leftovers from something that I've cooked that day but if I have my boyfriend there or friends and family there I just I just love it I don't think there's anything better than having a glass of wine in your hand, having a chat with someone that you love and having something on the stove that you're stirring. It's just the best thing ever. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you mentioned your boyfriend. Is he vegan? No. Okay, how does that work? So it's never been an issue at all. He's very open to eating everything that I eat. So basically it works that we eat the same meals and at home and if we go out he may have meat but he's very like he doesn't really care it's not like meat isn't a massive thing to him either yeah Yeah. no the same same with my boyfriend I mean he eats what I eat Mm -hmm. and I think it's great for them you know lucky them Uh having girlfriends who cook vegan food and it really tastes nice I I know lucky them yeah so where do you see your career going? So obviously, you're content creating, you're recipe mm-hmm. developing, like you're in this food world. Mm-hmm. Where, what's next for Georgie Eats? Like, where are we going with this? Well, the dream, I'd love to have a book. Yes. That's something that will be, hopefully, in the near future. And then maybe a few more books after that. And the dream, really, future dream long-term dream is that I'd love to have 
some cafes or eateries mm. um or maybe like a sort of lovely restaurant that sounds yeah. heavenly yeah so what happens when you don't feel creative anymore mm-hmm. because we had this kind of conversation really briefly yeah. before we started recording and I think as a creator mm-hmm. as it in as in the name creativity yeah. is key but we can't be creative all the time mm-hmm. so what happens when you don't feel creative is it a panic do you feel stressed and what do you do to kind of stimulate your creativity I don't ever panic because I think that it's happened to me so many times I know it will eventually come back. The first thing is that you need to take a break because you can't force creativity and then you'll just end up with content that you don't like and that you're not happy with and that's not going to make anything better. So take a break. I like to just cook for fun rather than cooking for work I always think that that can help you to sort of fall back in love with what you do and then just give it time Mm -hmm. and I think or eat out at restaurants or you know go around and eat food at a friend's house or get a takeaway and sort of have that enjoyment around food again and just try and get some more inspiration you know scroll through things or like I say go out to eat and it will come back eventually Mm. it's never going to be a lifelong creative block no 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 that's true or you can just mix it up a little bit I've just been like writing some ideas for a new series and I've got really excited about it you need to get the excitement back 100% yeah if you're excited then you're going to display that to your audience Mm -hmm. and it's going to come across especially as you mentioned with reels and everything you are basically in their hands you're in mm-hmm. their kitchen you're in their bedroom wherever they're watching it yeah so the, the excitement has got to be conveyed through Definitely. that so I completely agree mm-hmm. so if people are listening and they're like oh I'm not vegan like I'm not plant-based like mm-hmm. do you have any tips and all for going plant-based or going vegan and also do you think everyone should be plant-based or vegan I think that first of all if you want to try it go gradually Start with replacing small things. Change your milk to oat milk. Change your yogurt to plant-based yogurt. You know, small swaps that you're not going to notice massively. Then I would get a collection of recipes, whether that be from social media or from cookbooks or from TV programs that you're really excited about, that you really want to cook, and that you think, wow, that looks really good. And I would also say, try to cook things that don't already, don't have meat in them, or aren't supposed to have meat in them, and that you're replacing that with a fake meat, because I think you're going to be disappointed to start with. That's so true, actually. Yeah. Cook meals that never had meat in them to begin with Mm. and then you won't miss it. And also you're experiencing something new and it's like quite exciting to cook as well. And then do I think everyone should be vegan? Uh, Honestly, no. I think that I'm very privileged to be able to decide what I can eat, let alone what I'm going to not eat. So... I think that it's all about doing the best you can, whether that is having one meat-free meal 
a week or just not having milk in your coffee Mm. you know so true I also feel like people kind of have a viewpoint where they're like oh no vegan's vegan's not for me and then they kind of put the block down Mm -hmm. but actually if you do like you mentioned the really small changes plant-based can be for you in some areas like is oat milk that different I don't think so well I actually think it's nicer yeah and so does my boyfriend okay there because we go. it's got that slightly sweeter taste mm. i think everyone you know we had some builders around in the house the other day and we said to them oh we're really sorry we've only got oat milk and they were like oh no we only drink oat milk and that was a moment where i thought oh my goodness the world is changing that is amazing yeah and i don't mean to be stereotypical here no but i don't expect that from builders no that was me being stereotypical but no but you know. I don't expect that no. I really don't expect that and I just think that people need to be a bit more open-minded mm-hmm. and like swapping oat milk swapping milk for oat milk is a very small but amazing yeah. change and yogurts are amazing like those the dairy swaps mm-hmm. are fantastic yeah. so I yeah I completely agree with that and I also loved how you mentioned about trying a completely new recipe mm-hmm. so like if you're trying to go plant-based and you love sausage and mash yeah. don't do vegan sausage and mash yeah. because you already know how that tastes. Mm-hmm. Like, go completely rogue. Mm-hmm. Make a Thai green curry. Yeah. Make a butter bean salad or a dal, yeah. like something that you don't even cook. Because then if you're cooking that for the family, everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, because not only is it vegan, but they've never had that taste before. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be completely new. And that is a really good start to yeah. trying new things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I wanted to finish off with two final questions. Yes. Yeah. One of them being, obviously you share a lot on social media mm-hmm. and you've now got 100,000 followers, which is yeah, really exciting. Is there something that you could share with us today that your followers may not know or that you may not share on social media normally? I don't share a lot of my life. I do do a lot of stories, but I definitely leave out a lot. Um because I've always been quite a private person, but obviously I'm a content creator, so those two don't really go hand in hand. But something that my followers may not know, my mum is really ill, and I don't talk about it on social media, but I think that I might start, because it is a quite large part of my life and something that I would like to do some more work around basically she has Alzheimer's and I think that I've never mentioned it because I was scared but I would like to do some more work for the Alzheimer's charity and I would like to like make people aware that it can happen to younger people I think that when she is out and about people might not understand what's wrong with her because she is young well she's in her 60s now but she was young when it happened so that is something that I guess I've never shared 100% I think I mean firstly thank you so much for sharing on here oh no it's all right I I I can talk about it now I think it takes a while though for you to come to terms Mm -hmm. before you then talk to other people with confidence and like clarity Mm -hmm. and then you've then got to act on it yeah so I think there are lots of different obstacles to get through before you start sharing that kind of thing online definitely but I think now you've got a platform of people who love following your journey Mm -hmm. and I'm sure 
food is still a massive part of how you kind of communicate with your mom and do things for your mom maybe yeah. you bake for her cook for her and like I think it's so it would be amazing to share it your journey with mm-hmm. all of this on social media and I think obviously the bits of it like you wouldn't need to go into details but I do think it takes time to come to terms with things yourself and although you have a platform people do like to know everything about your life yeah I mean I am guilty of it as well I like to know things about people's lives I think that is just how we function definitely yeah definitely but I think it would be amazing to share that Mm -hmm. and I think people would be so supportive and it would probably help a lot of people as well and you probably might make connections with people that you wouldn't even imagine Mm -hmm. through that yeah but I can imagine that it does take time to come to that point and to get and accept it yourself Mm -hmm. before you can then start sharing it with others definitely I think that also because I'm a food page I don't know where the line is of what people really care about like they're following me for recipes but also I do post my life in on there as well so it's just finding that balance isn't it but is there a line nowadays this is what I don't I think. know I don't know mm. I think the line's very blurred now mm-hmm. I think if people start following you because you're talking a lot about Alzheimer's yeah then you might be inspiring people who didn't even think about vegan food to eat vegan food mm-hmm. just by chance and I think it's really I think it's a very blurred boundary mm-hmm. world now on social media I think you can follow a range of people for different reasons mm-hmm. and I think yeah I don't think there are boundaries now although your your focus and your your main point is food I think yeah. it's nice to be able to utilize your platform yeah for other things definitely I also think that every like lots of people have talked about this but Instagram is a highlight reel and I think it's very easy to think that I have this perfect life and that I haven't encountered any struggles because obviously I don't post them and I'm not someone that will ever post myself crying and things like that it just I'm too private for that but I think it is important to show some of the troubles that you've had in your life because otherwise it's so easy to think that you have had none and that maybe somebody else's life uh, like your own life you've had so many and that you've been so unlucky so yeah that's what I'm toying with at the moment definitely definitely I completely agree I think it's so easy to think that everyone has this perfect Mm -hmm. world and that you're the only one dealing with things when actually everyone everyone has their own ups and downs everyone has their own things but I think it's important to share it for sure Mm -hmm. but I think it it does take time I think it definitely takes time for you to accept that and accept a lot of things before you start posting it I think it's very hard just to post things off the back um but no thank you so much for sharing that you're welcome um and we always finish back to food again with the final question being what is your last meal so start a main course ever meal last ever meal start a main course dessert Oh, well, I know what the dessert would be immediately. We can always work backwards. <laughs> uh, let's go starter. I would have to say it would be something... It would definitely be a pasta dish. Okay. I'm going to hack the system. That's I'm going to have a pasta course. That's fine. It would be a pasta dish. It will probably be a vegan, maybe like a carbonara, or a fresh pasta 
tomato pasta sauce with fresh pasta I genuinely don't think you can beat a really good fresh tomato sauce so simple but incredible yeah for main course I would have probably a South Asian inspired banquet lovely love this yeah give me some details dolls nuns like lots of spiced potato dishes I'm thinking you know like sort of dish room style things yes love love you know yeah and then dessert uh it would be baklava nice wow absolutely but obviously a vegan one made of maple syrup I love this yeah well Georgie thank you so much for coming on sharing your behind the scenes of your food journey I think it's really really great to hear the behind the scenes of a food journey Mm -hmm. because I think we can we can see a lot of these content creators and we want to know how they got there yeah why are they there how have they got to this Mm -hmm. how's their full-time job so Mm -hmm. I think it's really really great to hear your story your journey and thank you for sharing some other things that you don't normally share we really appreciate it so thanks so much Thank you guys so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed this episode and learned more about the behind the scenes of a foodie content creator. As always, please continue to support the podcast. Press the follow and subscribe button and share an episode with friends and family as any support makes a huge difference. Thank you so much again and see you next week. (laughs) 